It's time now for the complete story with Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, you know, Rich, you have heard me say over and over again, I don't know where I first heard it, that God created three institutions in this order. First was the family. First was the family, and second was the church, and third was civil government. And uh, that's so important, and it's very important to keep that in order. Do you remember? We've been of course, talking about yes, that? I've heard that over and over from you. <laughs> well, I think as time passes, that becomes more important than ever because the family is what's in trouble. The family is what's in trouble. You know, everyone at some point was a little one. Everyone at some point was a little boy or a little girl or maybe even younger than that. When they first emerged um, under the care of parents or someone who helped them understand the world around them. And, um, and that is what is being destroyed so rapidly. So we're having a meltdown in our culture, in our society, an absolute meltdown where people just don't seem to know right from wrong anymore. Matter of fact, they're pretty sure they do know, and what they're choosing is wrong instead of right. The, the so, family is under attack. And, exactly. And it's, now, we it's met, evil. We met someone several years ago that I have always been so grateful for, uh, Carrie Casey, the uh, president of the National Center for Fathering, And I remember the evening that I met him, it seemed as though we talked and talked and talked. Carrie Casey's whole testimony, he's an African-American gentleman, but his whole testimony and his whole story was just exciting and just absolutely. Now, tell tell the listeners who our guest is today. (laughs) Well, you just did. Our guest (laughs) is Carrie Casey, and he's the president, or he's the president or executive director, is the the leader of the National Center for Fathering. Anyway, welcome, Carrie, to the Bod Radio Network studio. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be with you. Well, now listen, now you go ahead and tell the folks exactly your story how you were raised, where you were raised, what the importance of fathers and mothers and parents and families mean to each other as well as uh, society in general. I'm very uh, honored to be with you as we stated, but you uh, mentioned it moments ago. I think about how God made the family before he made the church. And then you talk about the government and all of that that comes in line. But I was very blessed, not a perfect family, but I'm so very thankful that God gave me my mom, my dad. And you mentioned something also, a little boy, a little girl, and when they do not have that, the evils that come against us when we do not have authority, do not have leadership. But one thing that has uh, blessed me all of my years, even when I was a little boy, I would be with my father, and it is a fact. I have the privilege, when I see a lady, I usually can see the little girl in her. When I see a man, I can usually see the little boy in them. And then that gives me the great privilege to speak to them right where they are. 
And when you don't have a mom and dad, though, you don't have the privilege sometimes for that little boy or that little girl to grow up in the way that God intended them to grow up. But God wants all of us to have a father, grandfather, or father figure, in essence, to help all of us grow. And, and you mentioned father figure, because so often in today's families, there there are missing fathers. Yes. And so uh, some of us can be that father figure to That's help it. mentor some of these young yeah. people. See, You're totally was, right. That was in my mind right now, I want to ask you, because when you say father or you, you say mother, you're not talking about sperm donor. And no. you're not talking about somebody who got pregnant and had a baby. You're talking about fathering and mothering. Both are important. Talk to us about that. That is true. But it is a fact that all of us are born into this world into sin. Even with my mom and dad, we're there. But all of us have that curse when we come into the world. In essence, um, a mom and a pop. But it states in Scripture, we're born into sin. Even before um, as uh, I was conceived in my mother's womb, there's sin there. But the great part is because of who Jesus Christ is. And that being the case, that should be the first place, if at all possible, that we learn about who we really are, the blood of Jesus Christ, where we came from. But when people do not have that, they're always, I don't care who it is, rich or poor, black or white, Hispanic, Vietnamese, Native American, they're going to search for that. And so people are longing to have a dad, a mom, and a father figure or grandfather to give them instruction to help lead them. And I am tired of being in America where people are dealing with shame and with guilt and thinking it's the end of the world. But no, it isn't. That's why we have to be father figures many times ourselves with children. So how can a father and a mother lead a child to Christ? Naturally, uh, the way I I saw it in the home that I was in, mom and pop read the scriptures. We were not perfect, but we had prayer at the table. Let's just pause for a moment. Tell us about the home you were in. I want to know about that that little boy, Kerry Casey. And the home he was raised in, I want I want you to let our listeners just kind of feel mm-hmm. what home in mother's and father's situation, whatever that was, it brought you along. Well, I was ill nerdo. I was a kid that I didn't think I could make it. I wasn't the best student, wasn't the best looking, still not. But my dad, I joke about it sometimes, he gave me the name, Kerry Casey, C-A-R-E-Y-C-A-S-E-Y. He said, son, just change the R and the S and you'll be okay. So you're the slowest, so I'm going to give you the easiest name. <laughs> No, not really. He didn't say that. But I do have an easy name. But my identity was with dad and mom and the family structure of my brother and my sister. There was a comfort. There was a peace in our home. Didn't have a lot, but we had what we needed. In essence, they had the foundation, the fundamental principles, you had what the you footnotes needed. and bibliography yeah, of go. having the family. You and didn't that have gave a lot. Me security. You didn't have a lot, but you had what you needed. Go ahead now and make that clear and plain. People don't have to have a lot to have what they need that kids really hunger for, and absolutely it's essential. Yes, all of us are going to receive our heritage. It's just like in track at the Olympics. The Olympic runners run um, uh, there on the track or whatever, and they have relays. They pass the baton and this type of thing. Now, the baton is going to be passed to all of us in some way, every person on this earth. It may have been good, bad, or indifferent, but we are going to receive our heritage. But what will we leave when we 
hand that baton off to our children. I desire to pass that baton off in a most positive way, letting my children and grandchildren realize how great they are and how special they are. And I want them to hear it physically, that they are winners, they are great. And that's because God made them that way. He didn't make junk dick. Sometimes mm-hmm. we think, well, that person's so privileged or I'm not privileged or whatever. But it is a fact. We have some discrepancies in our culture as far as economics and all that. But ultimately, the way God sees us, all of us are special. Red, yellow, black, and white. We are precious in his sight. And we have to let the young people and the next generation know that. Now, did you get that from your folks? I gather now you were in a family of five. You had two Sisters, you were the only boy. No, the... I had a older sister. She's a retired educator. I see. Then my brother works there in the state medical examiner's office in um, in Virginia. I grew up in Salem, Virginia, a suburb of Roanoke, believe it or not. And uh, but he's seventeen months younger than me. And so all of us were athletes or whatever. But we ate meals together. We read scripture together. Not every single day, but that was very important. Uh, of us minute, spending now, oh, man, time man. together. Hey, Carrie, you're touching my hot button here. You ate meals together. See, eating a meal together as a family. That's more than just getting food so you're no yes. longer hungry. It really is important in the structure of a family. Let's sit down and eat together, isn't it? But we ate physical food, but that's where I learn how to speak. I learn how to read. I learn relationships because I could pronounce a word like I do many times now and not in the proper or the correct way. But that's where our parents said, nope, you don't say it that way, son. You said this way. And they were not scolding us, but they were educating us. The school system educates you? Yes. But then the greatest learning and the first learning is there at home. Even when the baby is in the womb, you talk about how dads talk to their child in their mother's womb and touch the stomach and all that. But as soon as that baby is out and how you respond to that child, that child needs that love and that care. Every child does. See, what you're talking about now is not people sitting around a table with a cell phone in their hand and everybody's quietly doing their whatever it is they do on those crazy cell phones Mm -hmm. and not talking, not sharing, not conversing, not interacting with each other. The reason I'm stressing that is because that is one of the many things that is lost today in family living. As much as we can touch. Uh, one another worldwide today with all of the social media and all that. And that's fine. But ultimately, it can never replace what God designed, in essence, in relationships. And so we appreciate I love my phone. I don't love it. But anyway, I can use my phone and get work done and then quite naturally uh, have relationships around the world. But ultimately, the touch, the eye contact, the feel of when you touch a kid, a child in the right way. The verbal contact. The verbal contact. Verbal and looking them in the eye and, well, Dick, here's the deal. When was the last time, Rich, Dick, myself, did we look at someone in the eyes and say, you're special? When was the last time someone looked at you? And said those words. Now, I travel from the White House to the outhouse. But when it really gets down to it, 
I really want my bride, I want my children, I want you all to look at me and tell me that I'm special. With all the things that are on my wall, they cannot speak to me the way that you all can. With the natural voice God's given us, the eye contact is something about that, and that's the way Christ. Tell would me about have us your function. family now, because you have children. Is he? This is this is all people can say. Oh well, this is what he's talking about. This is what he's saying, and so on and so forth. But you have lived it. Tell mm-hmm. us about your family. I'm so honored that God would bless me to be a man of God. Number one a husband, and a father. The rest is icing on the cake. That's the foundation to help me to do business in life all around the world. But I'm so glad I went to geography class at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And by the way, I hope they win the final, uh, win the <laughs> national championship. I will be there in a few weeks. And believe it or not, we speak to the coaches and train them on dad as coach, coach as dad. And a lot of these great athletes have never met their dads. And so we have to train the coaches to work with these young men because they have that father wound. Mm. And they're wondering, as great as they are, where did I come from? And then the coaches are so busy, they are paid to win. And if you don't win, no matter how wonderful you are and how great your family is, they will fire you. So you have to let them know your family still the main reason that you're here. Well, that's interesting because so many young people growing up today do not have an opportunity to learn that interaction between a child and a father. And does that impact the athlete and the coach relationship? You got it. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love all this father talk, except it takes a mom also, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. She uh, came. There is a mother and a father. Listen now, folks, because society is so confused about this right now. You have male and then you have female. Think about those two words. You have male and you have female, and the two become one. Yes. Man, we could just go on and talk about that for quite a while. You know, Gary, we're talking about things right now that are that are not discussed from the pulpit in too many churches in America. Yes, we have to, uh, wherever we can be, even in the workplace or whatever, not to shy away from it, not to preach it, but it is a fact that we have to realize the importance and the depth and the greatness of what God has done with the family. But you mentioned the family and things. I'm blessed to uh, be married to Melanie to be 40 years, May 15th this year. And we met in geography class, as I stated earlier, at the University (laughs) of North Carolina. So anyway, I followed her out of class, and then I'm like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to say? I'm El Nerdo. I don't have the great words. (laughs) Well, you didn't want to tell her your name is Carrie Casey because she would think, well, (laughs) 40 years. You must have married a very patient lady. Oh, yes. (laughs) Very forgiving. I'm slow, but I'm not real slow, but we are blessed with three grown children. Christy, um, uh, uh, Christy's oldest daughter, and then uh, we have Patrice. Uh, she's married to Dr. John Perkins, great um, Christian man down in um, uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. He introduced our daughter to his grandson. Is so, that right? Yeah. So anyway, we have had this heritage for years, and he helped mentor me, Tony Evans, a lot of great people. But then we have... Um, 
Marcellus, who's 34, and uh, he works in a local church here in Kansas City, and he was with Fellowship of Christian Athletes for years, just like his pop. It looks like he wants to follow his dad, but I'm like, son, follow Jesus no matter what. But anyway, he is, and we're proud of him, and he has four children, in fact. And uh, Patrice was Dr. Perkins' uh, grandson. They have three children, and Christy has two children. But my bride and I kept having fun. Now we have Chance, who is 20 years of age. He came years later, but he is a sophomore in college here in Missouri. But we have nine wonderful grandchildren, and so when the world beats me up, I can go home, and they come over, and they uh, help uh, heal up my wounds. Now, listen, Carrie, um, before we go on, and I've got so many other things now I want to talk to you about, uh, get your ideas. And by the way, you've got three books with you that you brought to the studio, and I want you to tell the listeners about them mm-hmm. because each one of those books you really need to have a copy of, folks, and get. But yes. I want you now to help us live. You grew up, did you say, in Virginia? Yes, I grew up in uh, Salem, Virginia, suburb of Virginia. Now, and you're 60, what, 61 years old? You don't have to say that, Well, Dick. that's but all right. anyway, I'm, not, I'm glad. Hey, I'm, I'm 83 years old. I'm, I'm <laughs> at the age where I'm kind of proud of it. <laughs> that's it. I hope. My dad but, used to say, you do not get uh, good until you're 50, 60, and 70. Yeah. And, I'm, and I would tell What dad, happens when you get to be 80? I said, <laughs> I, I hope I get there. But my dad, I said, Dad, uh, you're getting ready to die at that age. 50, 60, and 70. He said, no, son. You must experience life. Yeah. And he is totally correct. I'm glad to be 61. And I'm honored that God will bless you with the many years that you have, as you said here, with your son. And I think about how blessed he's been to have his pop. I meet pro athletes, great Olympic athletes, would love to have one moment that they could literally see and touch and smell their dad's high karate or mm-hmm. Old Spice or whatever that. See, you have um, on Dick. But now, just right at this moment, uh, I'm aware very much that you lived as a child in the 60s. Yes. And then in the late 60s and on into the 70s. Do you remember when Dr. Martin Luther King was shot? In I Memphis? was in my front yard, 12 years of age in See? Salem, Virginia. Oh, I People... want you to just discuss that because we have a ton of listeners in Memphis all yes. over the country. So here you were, a 12-year-old boy. You even remember you were standing in your front yard, and bingo, you heard the news. Playing with my buddies. But I saw people run out of their homes screaming, Dr. Martin Luther King has been assassinated. I never met him, but he was such an influential figure, not just for me, not just for African Americans, but for this country, Mm -hmm. the way that he lived, in essence, his love. Everyone talked about how brilliant he was. He was very brilliant, but when it really got down to it, many times he was quoting the scripture, love your enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you for my name's sake. And he was sharing the scriptures, in essence, of how Christ lived. And that's what he did. And that's why we're blessed to have such a wonderful uh, man. By the way, he he was raised in a Christian home also because his daddy. His daddy was a preacher there in Atlanta. Yes, you're totally uh, right. So anyway, but what I want to do, Carrie Casey, before we move on, I want to I want you to tell our radio audience that you know what it is to have someone in those days of the '60s, the late mm-hmm. '60s, and on into the '70s, and probably even today, folks, 
Let's not forget that where color is something that is uh, something that you had to deal with in a special way because there was still meanness everywhere. Yes, I am so honored that God made me the color that I am. It is not a mistake. It is exciting. because You know why? God made me African-American. God made you all Caucasian. It's no mistake. We talk about it like, well, you're bad or I'm good or whatever. But do all lives matter? John Perkins just wrote a book with my dear friend, Dr. Wayne Gordon. And it talks about do all lives matter? And it talks about the blood of Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, we're different colors as we look at the natural eye. On the outside, but not on the inside. But on the inside hmm. yeah. it's the blood. And Jesus Christ died for you and for me. But it is a fact as we are regenerated, come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You will have a love in your heart, and then you need, we need to love people of different races and uh, ethnicities and all of it. It is a sin if we're not respecting but, 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 one another. But, Carrie, how are you going to love somebody you don't even know? How are you going to love somebody if you don't proactively, mm-hmm. proactively reach out, reach out and cross those lines and find out the truth of just what you're saying? I love what Ken Ham says, one race, one blood. That's it. One race, one blood. And yet, and yet the way it, is, it has come out uh, through history— a nasty part of all of that. Yes. Jim Crow, you know, he was everywhere, it seems. But if you don't reach out to people proactively. You got it. And, and with that in mind, you're never going to realize the truth of it. You, we are missing a blessing when we do not get to know a person of a different race, a different culture, a different neighborhood that are different than we are because there's so much that we can learn from one another. Even my bride of 40 years, I'm asking her questions today, and I'm still getting to know her. And so all of us must do that. You are slow, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. But uh, the little bit that I do know of her is great. So I'm just trying to uh, unpack this treasure chest of love. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you this, though. You said it, Dick. We have to do that in America, of getting to know one another, spending time with someone of a different race, uh, different gender. We're in a culture today where, you know, sometimes ladies are saying, well, we don't even really need men. Or men are just like, wow, let's just use this lady in this type of thing. Make a baby and be gone. That is not right. It is wrong. It is killing our culture. We need to be together and guys in the rightful place respecting ladies, women, in fact, being able to admire and to look up and to um, be in relationship with a man in a marriage relationship, make a baby, then raise the children accordingly. Carrie Casey is our guest on today's Complete Story program, and uh, Carrie is the president of the National Center for Fathering. The website, www.fathers.com, fathers.com. And Carrie, I assume you're available to speak to churches and, and oh. groups all across the country. 
Uh, tell us about the type of speaking that you do, and if people want to have you come to their group, how do they do that? Yes, naturally, um, you can go through uh, fathers.com, but in essence, church services as well as far as a, uh, a worship service, if you will. I had the privilege to uh, attend a seminary in Boston, Gordon-Conwell Seminary, but Dr. Billy Graham paid my way there. So hmm. I have a few footnotes bibliography that uh, we will share the gospel on a Sunday morning, but then we have championship fathering events as well, and then I speak to athletes, civic groups, you name it, and we relate to the audience in which we are speaking to. And being able to share the crisis in America as far as families are concerned, uh, race relations, all of this, I just enjoy it. And so they can go to our website. Um, to be able to contact. And always with the Bible as the foundation. Oh, yes. The Word of God. That's who I am. I am a Christian man. Uh, and, and so and we and share speak, the Word of you God. You speak Sunday morning services, Sunday oh, yes. evening, and conferences and mm-hmm. banquets, all sorts of things like that. Now, I tell you what, uh, two things are coming into my mind here. One is that you share a seat on the board of directors at Hannibal LaGrange College in Illinois with my good friend Jerry uh, Sheridan yes. and his wife uh, that's in Missouri. his wife Monty that's in Missouri yeah Hannibal, oh, Missouri. Is Hannibal LaGrange yeah, in Missouri Mark Twain yeah, Hannibal, Mark Twain's Missouri. hometown Hannibal I love LaGrange going College. there so Jerry Sheridan is on the board as well also uh, but anyway, uh, oh God bless you. Dr. Anthony Allen is the uh, president there, and so one of my teammates coached him in football at Duke University. We don't like the Dukies too much. I'm a Carolina <laughs> grad. But anyway, we had a good time yesterday at a board meeting, in now, fact. The he other, was a wonderful the, man. The other thing that is very heavy on my mind, we say that we need to know each other, that we need to reach out to each other. And all of these things, but there is no substitute for breaking bread in our homes. It was in a home of Karen and Emmett Mitchell Mm -hmm. for evening meal that I first met you. And they had arranged that dinner, and it was a wonderful dinner. We just yes. we just talked and talked and fellowshiped and everything, and that's when I met Carrie Casey. I could have shaken your hand at a meeting. I could have seen you one place or another and said, glad to meet you. But it wasn't until we broke bread in someone's home yes. that I thought, I really know this person, or I surely want to get to know them even that's better. Right. That's where our friendship is formed, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, in Acts chapter 2, it talks about that, where we got a fellowship together. We get to fellowship together, break bread, um, pray together. And that's what God wants us to do. And then be under the the apostles' teaching, if you will. But then they... you know, broke bread together in one another's homes, and then you um, have uh, jobs and things, and then you support one another, and you find out what's going on. Who needs a job? Who needs to uh, have their kids educated? Well, Everybody it, it does. Tell me that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you better believe it, because what part of town needs? See, you can have a body. Mm-hmm. But if that foot is hurting, it's hard to get any other part of the body to to not pay attention to that hurting foot. You can say, well, your heart's good and your mind is good mm-hmm. and your arms are just wonderful. Look at what – no, 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 no. When you've got a hurting part of that body, That's whatever right. it is, that really hurts. And there are parts of a city that need attention. Every child in any part of a city needs a decent school to go to where they can start out in kindergarten and they can know the joy of learning, the joy of accomplishment, and the joy of growing in knowledge and and in favor with God and man, of course. That's right. Isn't that an interesting phrase right there, growing in knowledge? 
in favor of Wisdom God and, and men. Wisdom and stature, yes. Because it's when you grow in favor of men that you have skills, yes. and that you have dreams, and you have pursuits of being job-ready and knowing how to get a job. And I don't know anybody, Dick, that really wants to be poor or wants to be downtrodden or be like a second-class citizen. But the thing is, you mentioned it, it's relationship. We have to enter into relationship to make sure we have greater schools, and edu- I mean education, health care, economics, or whatever. You learned that. I learned that from my father. Tell me this. And we need to help others do that, no uh, matter what race. You take a kid and you beat him down and beat him down until he accepts it until he just doesn't expect anything different. I heard somebody say a while back, when you take a person's hope away from them, you don't have to lead them out the back door. They just go. And you see, that's what's so important about childhood. That's what's so important about mothers and fathers and families and churches. How important is it to find a good Bible-believing church and have those little kids brought up in that that community? Fear and admonition of the Lord. We have to do that. We have to train them while they're young. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Give us these three books. I Uh, think about, well, this is one of my books here. It's great being a dad. The best advice you ever get. Jay Payleitner, who helps us with radio. Brock Griffin, who is a writer for me as well. But then I'm looking at a book here, Wayne Gordon and John Perkins, Do All Lives Matter? In essence, we have a solution. Then 21 Day Dad's Challenge. It's uh, I edited that book. No, I wrote a lot website, of the chapter. They can find they these can three books. They can go to the website. Amazon as well. And then quite naturally, I got a grandfathering book coming out, Championship Grandfathering. Right. It'll be out in the next few weeks. I Tony hate... Evans is writing the four. Right, excellent. Four. Wonderful. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story. As a public service, folks, and I'll see you later. Later.